0: And man, he's great this morning, isn't he? He's worthy to be praised. It's not because we're the best singers or the best musicians, thank God for the talent that we have, but it's because he is worthy to be praised. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't get those goosebumps because we're awesome, we get them because he is. It's because of the spirit that's in us that has the ability, it was mentioned this morning to pray out, to worship out, to sing out, Abba, Father. This world doesn't have that opportunity. I didn't have that opportunity until Christ saved me. Thank God for the privilege it is to be able to pray to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, to God our Father, and He hears us. He hears us. Amen. If that doesn't excite you like they say, uh, you, you're dead. You need to be resurrected this morning. Thank God for the ability to pray and be heard. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turned to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I joked with uh, Brother Chandler before service. I said, buckle up, buttercup. Mm-hmm. We're, going to, we're doing a whole chapter this morning. But it's only 13 verses. And really, we're looking at, if I could preach under this title, a vital prayer for the church. We're looking at verses 11 through 13 being our main text. If you have it, uh, we will read this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 11, reads like this. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another, for all people, just as we also do for you, so that we may establish your heart without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that we feel in this place today, Lord, I ask that you open up our hearts, Lord, that you clear our minds, Lord, for just the few moments that we have left in this service, Lord, I ask that we uh, pay attention and we understand and we hear what it is that you are speaking to us today, Lord, let these words, Lord, manifest themselves in our life this day, Lord, I ask this in your name, amen, thank you for uh, standing, I want to go ahead, keep your Bibles open. I want to go ahead and read uh, the thirteen verses so we know where we're coming at in context. If you remember if you were here for the beginning of this book series, uh, Paul is writing a letter because Timothy has brought back a report from the church You, you remember that they established this church in the city of thessalonica they 're there for several months and they 're Rushed out of the city because of obvious reasons. The the uh, Judaizers and the Thessalonians themselves bring up a report, and they say these magnificent words. Let this be the words that the world says about us. They says these men who have stirred up the world are here, and we need to get them out. Right? You remember that? Go back and read the first the first uh, chapter of. The book. So they leave, they go to uh, Corinth, and Paul sends Timothy back to check on the church. So now we get to hear uh, the encouragement and the report that Timothy brings back. Looking at verse 1, it says, Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be uh, left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker, In the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. So that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourself know that we have been uh, uh, destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. He's not writing about anything that they don't already understand. Thank God for the ability to know things in advance. How many can say that in your life? I know things in advance. You can't can't say that about a lot. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, the Bible says that the mystery has been revealed to us. No, we don't know all things, but we know the things we need. And it always seems like even in the midst, When I don't understand anything, for some reason, deep within my spirit, there's a settling and there's a confidence that even though I don't know, I will know. Thank God that he has proven himself over and over and over again to not leave us in the darkness, but to manifest his light through us and in us and for us. We know things this morning, and it's not because we're super smart not talking about anybody's intelligence, whether we went to some of us here, uh, we, we didn't finish high school. Some of us have some college. Some of us have degrees. This isn't what we're talking about. These are things, spiritual things, that it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have, worldly knowledge, you will not know this. There is nothing in this world, I cannot sit you down apart from Christ and tell you you will suffer, you will be afflicted, and you go, yes and amen. <laughs> Absolutely not. But this is what Paul is saying to this church. And he's not telling them something that they don't already know. Why? Because Timothy has come back and he's given the report. Hey, you remember they were suffering when we got kicked out of town? Well, they're still going through it. They're still being persecuted. And also, they're enduring in the faith. And also, the church is growing. And also, they are abounding in love. So, Paul is just recounting, bringing back to their remembrance some of the teaching, some of the doctrine that they learned when Paul was, was there. Anybody got a clue what verse we're on? Because that was, that was not in the notes. Four, five. Okay, for this reason, thank you. <laughs> when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. Let's stop right there. The Apostle Paul. The one who seen Christ after his resurrection. The one who was set apart for the Gentiles. The one who, in the New Testament, we would have a hard time finding somebody more devout, more steadfast, more on fire for God. Amen. Apostle Paul is, is like it. It's Christ and Apostle Paul, as far as the New Testament goes. Yes, it's Apostle Peter, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Paul is, he's mature in the faith like he's Paul and yet he sends somebody to check on the church because he just wanted to make sure so you say Paul had doubts Paul had fears Paul had questions Paul was a man like us he didn't doubt that God did a move. We've we've read in chapters past that it was because of the manifestations that happened in Thessalonica that that He knew they were of the faith. But He just wanted to make sure that they were enduring. That their work wasn't in vain. So in your own life, you say, well, I've prayed for this one, I've prayed for that one, and and by God's grace, I've I've seen this person come to Christ, but yet, there's still a burden for that person. Praise God. Pray on. Continue on. Seek on. Look on. Check for fruit. Prune when needed. Amen. We bring somebody to the faith and it's what a what a privilege. If anybody has been able to be that person to lead somebody to Christ. What a privilege. That's not the end of that relationship. That's just the beginning. So Paul sends Timothy back and he says just to find out about your faith. Just to check on you. It's a wellness checkup. Hey, how you doing? You doing good? Doing alright? You still seeing straight? We're talking spiritual. What happens in a, in a wellness checkup? They check your reflexes. Spiritual discernment. Are you still able to, to discern? You know, can you bend down and touch your toes? That's a sore subject for some of us. But are you still being malleable? Are you still flexible? Can you see straight, right? Can you read this line? Are you seeing in the Spirit? Are you able to understand? How's your hearing? Can you hear well? Are you still hearing the Word of God? Verse 6, But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love, And that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we long to see you. Did you hear anything about the persecution going through the church right there? Do you think Timothy talked about it? Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely he did. But what is important in your life? See, Paul just said that persecution is coming. Affliction is going to happen. You will suffer for this. We're not better than Christ. Christ suffered. We suffer but it's for our good that we suffer. So, like Paul has written in his other letters, Timothy told him of the good things that's happening. We know about the other. That's a given. But here are some of the good things that are happening. He brought good news of their faith and love. They're still in the faith. They still have love. But not only do they have love for the Word and God and Christ and all the things that we've talked about before, they think kindly of us. In other words, they still like us, which is good. They still have love for us. They still have love for one another. And they long to see us. For this reason, brethren, verse 7: In all our distress and afflictions, we were comforted about you through your faith. How important is it for you to walk personally with Christ? You have no idea. You have no idea who you are edifying in the Spirit. When I'm low in spirit, when my faith is being tested, yes, I go to Christ. Yes, I go to the Lord. I'm able to cry, Abba, Father. But I glean from You. You glean from me. We glean from each other. I may be going through a struggle. You may be on a mountaintop. I can look at you and through the Spirit go, this is just a season. This is just a season. Because Ethan isn't any better than me in the spirit. We have the same spirit. But a Levi isn't more peculiar than me in the spirit. We have the same God manifesting in our life, we have the same spirit in our life. So although I find myself in this position, eventually I won't. And then it'll be my turn to edify while somebody's gleaning off. Of me, Verse 8, for now we really live. <laughs> Let's read those together. Verse 7, for this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted uh, about you through your faith. For now we really live. For you stand firm in the Lord. Do you imagine that? The Apostle Paul writing a letter to you saying, it's because of you that I have found full life. In this life? It's pretty crazy, right? All in Christ. We understand that. But but he looks at the church, the body of Christ, and its fulfillment of the kingdom of God. And he says, it's because of you, I am fully alive. An arm isn't any good if it's not attached to the body. It's dead. We've yet to even though man is trifling with things they ought not to, we have yet to sever a limb and then have that limb grow another body. There's animals in this kingdom that that can. Starfish, you could cut a starfish in half, it'll grow another starfish. We don't do that. There was a... a, Tad was telling about an accident of a carpenter. He cut his fingers off this week. Somebody that that we know, his fingers are are not going to grow back. They're just not. We don't do that. We don't regenerate. So Paul is saying it's because you are in the body. Because you are attached and I'm attached to you, it's because of your life that I live. We glean from each other. How important is it to be with God's people? The author of Hebrews didn't just write words on paper willy-nilly when he wrote in Hebrews, fail not to assemble. That's a commandment. You understand that, right? We are to fail not to assemble. Why is that so important? We live with each other, we gain life from each other. I need you, and you need me. And it's not because of the position that I'm in, it's because we're in a body. And you have a portion and I have a portion and together we make a collective and together worldwide we make the body of Christ one day in hopes, glory be to God, we will be united as one. Where is your hope? What's your glory in? Why do you feel so distressed sometimes here? Why do you feel so alone in the midst of people? It's because there's, I'm not, I don't have all the body with me. There's something in me that longs to be together with the people of God. And I have people, thank God. And we have people, thank God. But I don't know my brothers and sisters in China. Here, one day I will. Around this world, in this community, there's people who are a part of me that I don't physically know. And that bothers me. I'm restless in my spirit sometimes and... And you like, you stop, at least I do, and I'm like, why Why do I feel this way? And a lot of times the answer is, I don't know. I'm restless. I just don't, I'm anxious. Not worried, not fearful. I'm just anxious. What is that? Stop and pray. Maybe a part of your body is in trouble. You don't fully understand what's going on, but your spirit does. I find the more I stop and pray, To the one who knows, I don't have to know, but I know who holds tomorrow. Verse 9, for what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy that which we rejoice before our God on your account? For we, night and day, keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Verse 10 is a lot where we stop at. Have you ever been in this situation where you meet somebody in town or somebody calls you and through conversation you find a need and we say this phrase, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll pray for you. And then a lot of times that's where the conversation ends right it goes to a different topic or 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 it just disappears paul kind of sets this up where he says night and day we keep praying for you he's writing saying we're praying for you but verse 10 is at the end of the chapter we have three more verses where paul actually prays for the people and he writes it down so that they can hear the words they can Read the words. Now may our God and Father Himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another, for all people, just as we also do for you, so that He may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. For just a few moments, let me break down this prayer. This is a vital prayer for the church. This is a prayer that we should be praying as a church, for the church. This is a prayer for anybody who is in ministry to be praying for the church, for your specific ministries. This is the prayer that reaches heaven. Just like we said in Sunday school, going through the Sermon on the Mount, we ask and we shall receive. Knock, it'll be given to you. Seek, you will find. And what we found is that as long as we do that in the will of God, those things are true. Paul doesn't pray amiss here. This is a pastoral prayer. And first, we see in verse 11, it's a prayer for God's direction and guidance. They want to see each other. But Paul understands, and we've read in passages past that there is an enemy who has stopped that. They have tried and tried and tried to get to these. They get Timothy to them, but they're not able to go. He says the same thing about the church in Rome. My desire is to see you in God's time. Paul understands that he doesn't have control over every situation we have a desire and and this may be speaking to somebody today in your life i have a desire to do things for the lord but i'm not in control of it i just do what i know to do is right in this moment and god directs my path your desire is right keep praying Your, your desire is for the kingdom his will will be done in his time we have a problem with that Especially, okay, I fully understand, as a mature Christian, been saved since I was 17, I'm not nearly as mature as I need to be, but I'm mature enough to know when I pray amiss. Amen? Like, even as I'm praying it sometime, I'm, my spirit's like, come on. Come on, Scott. Don't do not do that. You know, when, when I'm praying, Lord, you will just speed up time, because I really don't want to be at work. You know and all the while, I should be blessed, uh, thanking God for the blessing of a job, right? But there I am. I'm praying amiss. I'm, I am. It's, it, we, it's easy, we said, in the physical, you know, new truck, new boat, new whatever. We understand when we pray amiss a lot of times, right? But it really starts to mess up. And it really starts to make me think. And it really starts me to dig in and to truly seek God when I know I'm praying in His will. I'm praying for His desire. Lord, use me and nothing happens. Lord, send me and nothing happens. You wake up in the morning because the preacher told you you need to be witnessing and you pray, God, send me somebody. And nobody shows up that day. Well, what in the world happened? Lord, do you even hear me? I'm praying in your will. You said it was going to happen and it didn't happen. It will happen. We have the promise of the Word that if you pray in His will, it will be done. It will come to pass. Keep praying. Keep praying. A lot of times, what He likes to do with me, I don't know if He does that with you, is is I get real gung-ho and and, and I knuckle down and I do what I know to do is right and and I start praying and, and I'm like, Lord, send me people to talk to and two or three days go by and then I'm like, well, well, I guess not. And then it's that day where somebody's put in my path. And you know what I found? I'm convicted because I stopped. I stopped praying. And God says, here you go. Here they are. And you're like, yes, sir, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I repent. Because it's not that I lost faith in God, but but I, I, I just assumed This, that, or the other. God has a sense of humor, and it shows up a lot in our lives. But he prays for direction and guidance. The Word of God says that we we plan our steps, but he directs our path. He establishes us. So I'm not saying for us to sit idly by and just say, God, what your will be done We know to do things and to be about our Father's business, but understand when and if things happen in your life, it's for a reason and it's God sent. Next, it's a prayer for love to increase and abound. This one should go without saying in verse 2. We need to continually pray this prayer often and loudly and for everybody. Starting with us. I need to love people better. Thank God I love people better than I did yesterday, but I need to love people better. And I need to learn to not just love the people I like. Ooh, oh me. I, I, need, to, I need to learn to love when it really counts. It's easy to love people who likes me. Right? It just is. It, it shouldn't be hard for me and my wife to love each other. It could be difficult sometimes. She, she deals with a lot. But it shouldn't be hard because she she should like me. It's reciprocal. I love her. She loves me. Right. But whenever I come up against somebody who wants to be my enemy and the word of God says that I am to love that person more fiercely, more strongly. That's where I need help. Paul understood this. So he, he prays for the church to increase and abound in love. It wasn't that they didn't love. Right. But he prays for that to continue to increase. This shows the importance of love in a Christian's life. As followers of Christ, we're called to love one another and to show that love to the world. To the world. So I ask this question today uh, to all of us. I'm not excluded from this. I've wrestled with this from the moment God has put it in my spirit. Are we abounding in love for one another? And do we love all people? Do we truly love all people? And lastly, this prayer for holiness, it's a prayer for holiness and preparation for Christ's coming. Don't forget, we're in 1 Thessalonians. It's about the coming of Christ. We're getting there. That's verse 13. Paul prays for the church to be established without blame in holiness before God. What a prayer. Do you feel blameless? Do you feel holy? Could you stand before God today and say, I'm blameless? Not in yourself, you can't. But the Word gives us one of the best, the best promises in this life for those who endure to the end. When we see the Lord coming in Christ, you're blameless. You're blameless. If today is your last day on this earth and you are dead in Christ, you're blameless. You meet your maker. And you hear enter in, in. What? Good and faithful. Is there any good? Not without God it isn't. But that's what you hear. What a mercy. What a grace that even your acceptance into the kingdom. He calls you good. Oh. Hey man to hear those words one day. What a hope. So some application as we close. Encouragement in the midst of persecution. You say, what persecution? We're Absolutely. We are without excuse for the state that the Western church is in. We don't have persecution. We don't. You start living like the Bible says, you'll find some. You'll find some opposition. You'll find some tribulations power of prayer, the power of prayer, the importance of faith and love, not just powerful prayer, but what we pray for unity among believers and preparation for the coming of Christ. I need help in every one of them areas. Absolutely, I do. But here is the awesome part of this message. God knows that. And he's helping. And he's helping. See, I am not perfect. I say it over and over and over again. We are not perfect, but the Bible never says we are. It says we're being made perfect. From faith to faith, from glory to glory, you will be perfected. That's what sanctification is sanctified, being perfected, onto perfection. Amen. Be encouraged this morning, church, as we stand. You are seen in God's eyes better than we see ourselves. I know I'm not the only one that's looked this man in the mirror and just been disgusted. Not even by the way I look or how I feel, but just truly looking at myself and and saying, oh man, what wretched sinner you are. And at the same time, when that conflict is going over in my head, how in the world am I going to live up to what I'm supposed to be? I'm just this. There's something that wells up on the inside of me that goes, just keep doing what you know to do is right. Just, just keep walking in faith. Look towards the hope. Because that's what's coming for us. That's what's coming for us. Amen. These altars are open this morning. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the ability to to stand in this office, oh God. Lord, for no uh, effort or work of my own self, but purely because you're calling. Lord, I thank you for the ability to be a part of this church, Lord, a part of this body lord because it is because of each and every one of us that i am able to endure lord when times are rough when times are hard or when times are good lord you are there and i thank you for that help us oh god to see this and then to apply this to our life oh lord uh, bolster our prayer life oh god lord uh, make anew within us the desires of our heart lord For your word says that those desires will be answered. Lord, I ask this in your name. Amen.